This is a podcast from 3RRR, 102.7 FM in Melbourne. Truly independent community radio. Strong belief in a great baseline. That's what it takes. Commitment, doesn't it? <laughs> That's Donald Duck done. I, be- I believe in this baseline. Yeah. Bum, 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 bum. God, I'm, I don't know. We've been listening to that song for a while, haven't we? For a long time. I have indeed. Hey, uh, let's eat. What a great... Uh, a great idea here at 12 yes. 12.03. Wow, that's kind of late. Mm-hmm. Um, here in the uh, the beautiful climbs of downtown East Brunswick. It is beautiful today, too. It's a it's a gorgeous day out there in Melbourne. Yes, sir. Um, as we here we are in the uh, the glorious north of the city, sometimes known as we uh, we say. Actually, I think I'm a phrase I coined the Posada Triangle. Yes, Posada Triangle, a triangle of uh, self sufficiency, of uh, great fresh food. Uh, There'd be a bit of Posada being made over recent weeks, you would think. I think so. It's been a little bit late. Yes. But uh, yeah. it's been... No, John's already made it. He was actually showing... We're going to go and talk to John, who yes. is going to drop a bombshell. We've got some John news. We've got some John news. Mm-hmm. He drops it right at the end of the interview. But um, as I was saying, we're, we're here in the north in the Posada Triangle. And um, one of the great icons of um, the north, Preston mm. Market. Yes. Under some threat. It would uh, oh, really? it would appear, and we have the impressively named Mitchell Bartley. Oh, I know, I always do that, Mitchell Bartley. G'day, mate. Um, he's waiting in the green room, and yes. he's going to have a chat to us and just tell us about what we might lose and uh, why that might be important yes. and what, what, what we can do about it mm. as a community. And this is what um, I was saying to you off air. This is where this station really comes into its own and is really, mm. really important, I think. Yes. You agree? Yes, I do. That's good. Hmm. Yeah, this is good. We were off to a good start <laughs> yeah, here. No, no and, curious arguments in the first and, five minutes. And how the hell are you out there in uh, beautiful downtown Melbourne, wherever you're listening or whenever you are listening? You might be listening on the stream. You might be listening now. Hell, you might even be in the northern hemisphere somewhere. We um, should also look back and say, as always, thanks to the scientists who have left the building in record time. Really? They're out. They're going. Why are we thanking them? They're, They're not even going. here. They're not even here. Good show. No, but uh, good show, as mm. always, and um, uh, great. Well, it's nice to follow them, isn't yes. it? Yes. It really is. So, yes, today's show, we've got uh, John, as we said, going to mm. be dropping a bombshell, Mitchell Bartley, to have a chat to us about uh, the Preston Market renewal. Yes. <laughs> Quotation marks. <laughs> yes. Beautification, question mark. Um, and uh, we're hoping he's going to arrive. I did tell him to come in a little bit later, but um, the king of the tortilla here in uh, mm-hmm. this fair town. Yes. Gerardo Lopez from La Torteria yes. in Kensington. Great place to go and eat. A great place to buy, I think, maybe the best tortillas in Melbourne. They're pretty good. I've seen them around the traps too. You don't have to go there to get them anymore. You can go. I saw them at the, at the market this morning. Damn, I forgot to get bread. Oh, really? I just remembered, because the guy at the bread shop that that's I go, the, they've got them next to... And that's where I'm in Croissant. Damn. From this morning, I know. Oh, why yeah. didn't you get some tortillas? But you can get them from hey, there. Hey, maybe Gerardo's going to bring some in. You can get them from there if you remember to buy them. Yeah. Um, you can also get them from Toscano's. I've seen them in there as well. Yeah, but anyway, we're going to talk um, a little bit about that. Mm. Um, no, just quickly, looking around uh, the traps in the yes. world at the moment, just unnoticed. We found a saint. I haven't done one of these I for a had, while. Yeah, haven't had a saint for a couple of weeks. Uh, St. Wahlberger's uh-huh. Day. It's like Wahlburgers. Yeah, is that a relation to, is it Mike Mark, Mark, Mark Wahlburger? Mark yeah. and the Funky Bunch. That's him. Yeah, yeah. that's him. And um, I didn't know that, but he's become the patron of crops. Ooh, that's important. Yes. Very important. Yeah, depending on what sort of crops you're bringing in. Mm-hmm. So there's that. It's also National Clam Chowder Day. 
Isn't Get your chowder on. Yeah. Get your chowder. And you've got to make a, dis- a decision if you're going to make a chowder. Have you ever made a chowder? I've made a sort of like a faux chowder. Like a, like a, a cheats chowder. What, with chicken in it? <laughs> yeah, no, 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 not quite that bad. I'm being really flippant. <laughs> you see that? I just turned a complete flippancy. What? How faux? Oh, it was just, it's just a quick midweek version of same. So it's a, a good, caramel martini a good, version or something. Something like that. A good chowder takes a little bit of time to build up. Does yeah. it not? Oh, uh, well, maybe I'm, yeah. maybe I'm just full of it. Yeah, maybe. This, uh, I sort of see it as two different types. You've got your white chowder and your red chowder. Oh, I, Boston I chowder yeah. is made with cream. Right. And then you've got your, um, Italiano. Yep. Manhattan chowder. Yep. Made with, from the Italians. Yep. With tomatoes. Yeah, right. Um, so I always think of the white one. I was, I was thinking the red one. The matzo crackers in there in the white one. Oh, matzo. Yeah. Hey, yeah. hey, give me the chowder. But there's a quote I found by right. Louis P. de Guy from the soup book from 1949. Yes. You probably have that book still. Everything that's good about soup. And he says, quotation marks yes. open, Alas, what crimes have been committed in the name of chowder? <laughs> Exclamation mark, close quotation mark. I, actually, I tend to agree. I reckon he obviously feels pretty strongly about it. If you've got a bad chowder, that would be a very... A very bad meal. Yeah. Because it can go wrong pretty badly. Bad chowder. Yeah. That was a Blue Ruin song, wasn't it? <laughs> bad, bad chowder. Chowder. Uh, yeah, okay, 12.07 here on 3 Triple RFM. A uh, couple, I brought some show and tell. You brought in some stuff, one of which... One Did you tweet these things? Oh, we've tweeted one of them, so... We'll start with this one. All right, we're going to start with the, with, the, with the beer bottle. I've got a beer bottle. All right. Sounds good. Um, it's a big beer bottle. It's a big beer bottle. I just thought I had an interesting chat with Johnny Von Goes in yes. the street. I just ran into him. I yes. said, "Mate, I'm just going down to the tap house because of the uh, Sierra Nevada that we mentioned last week on tap." Yes, and he looked at me askance. Yes, he did as yes. only John can do. <laughs> and he went, "Ha! That craft beer is rubbish. I don't like craft beer. It tastes <laughs> like all sorts of stupid things." Was sort of what he said. Yes. You know, that was sort of, I said, what, you know, what sort of beer do you like? Oh, I like Melbourne bitter. He drinks Melbourne bitter. Yeah, I because, and I said, well, that's great because you can show what tribe you belong to. Mm. And we had an interesting discussion anyway yes. about that and we agreed to disagree, but we, yes. we left as friends because yes. we've known each other for a couple of footy seasons now. And I love John. I really do. <laughs> but I've got this bottle here of, um, it's a limited release from Stone and Wood. And we probably remember that from Pacific Ale. Which has still been regularly voted Australia's most popular beer. Really? Yeah. Wow. Well, it was I- extraordinary when we tasted it because mm. of the hops that they used. It yep. sort of had this sort of passion for it. zing. It's insane. It tastes and like then, summer. It's and beautiful. then completely went dry. And yeah. it was just, it's an awesome beer. Great taste, I think. And they've released this thing called The Gatherer, and I looked at it and I read, and it said, inspired by the slower lifestyle of our brewing ancestors. Oh, the copyright has been going up berserk here. Who would experiment with locally sourced produce in their beer? Anyway, The Gatherer is, is brewed with seasonal ingredients. But this is interesting, folks. Mm. And this just shows that beer is just so many different things can go into it. They've put in, um, they say, the addition of cooling cucumber and watermelon. 2017 releases a thirst-quenching American wheat beer, so it's wheat beer based mm. with notes of watermelon and cucumber. That you see, and you're furrowing your brow even as you say it. Going, I know, and I going, drank it, and I thought it was okay, weird. but now that I read it, I go, <laughs> "Did I really drink this?" Anyway, but it just goes to show that there 
beer is just this many splendid thing, multifaceted. Increasingly now. so. Indeed, it is. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. That's something maybe to look out for, and it might interest you, or you might be like John and say, "Just give me a Melbourne bitter, and nobody gets hurt." Yes, and that's fair enough too. That's a valid twelve ten here on now three triple R. You also have in front of you. Uh, this is not something I normally say about you, Cam. You've got a tin of a tin of salmon here in the studio. I do. I, 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 I'm a bit of a cheapskate, and we've uh, <laughs> we, we took a picture of it. We whacked it on the Twitter and the Facebook page, yeah. have, and and the, your master. To my question for the day, Cameron. Well, I've got in front of me a, a tin of John West Wild Alaskan, and that's yes. probably where the clue comes from. Right. Uh, pink salmon, because I'm a cheap so and so. Right. I didn't buy the red because that was going to be ten bucks. Right. This was five bucks. Okay. But um, the one thing that I've noticed, and it's sort of been on my mind without realising it's been on my mind mm. for years, is that 99.9% of cans that you see in a supermarket or in a shop or in a, in a shelf. Yes. Around the yes. traps, shall we say? Yes. Is a straight sided thing. It is perpendicular to yes. the ground. 90 degrees. You could set up a tractor up. Yes. But this one. No, this protractor will not work. Well, it'll, it'll come up with a different thing. It's tapered. Yeah, it's so, so I guess a better way of saying it is it's, it's, uh, it's, wider at the top than it is at the bottom. Just yeah, slightly. it narrows it narrows down slightly mm. to to the bottom. Why? Why is this so? And this is the same with pretty much all salmon cans. Mm. There is a reason for this. Mm. There is a reason for this, and I want you to maybe ponder it without going to Google. Don't go to Google. It's for Bolton. <laughs> um, and um, anyway, we'll ponder on that. And uh, we'll give you the answer uh, when we come back from this and also Mitchell Bartley mm. regarding the Preston market. Yeah, and good on them too. 12.13 and a half mm. here on 3 Triple RFM. It's lovely for you to come along and join us. Uh, before that, we, we posed. I've been dying to know. What I haven't is actually told on. you, have I? No, I do, I do not know the answer. Well, conjecturate. I would only think it. Well, makes the it question, easier. the okay. question, just in case you've just joined us, yes. um, is and welcome to the show here on Three Triple R FM. You evolved person. Uh, we have in front of us a, a tin of salmon, and uh, salmon is the only tin that I know of that tapers in from the top. It's. Uh, and we're talking a big can here. This is like your four hundred gram can, not the little tiny ones that you get. This is the money is no object can. <laughs> this is your family pack. Yes, of tin salmon this is items. like salmon patties. Here they come, baby. But um, but that's it. It's it, it's. The salmon cans. It's the only one that does that. And I didn't realise that mm. this was so heavily on my mind until um, <laughs> I went, I've been wondering about this for years. And why is it? So have you got any, an answer? I can only think it just makes it easier to get the, bot, the last bits out. But that's all I can think of. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, did I do that? You're right to scoff. I didn't do that, did I? <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were the brains of this operation too, man. Uh, no. Salmon cans mm. are tapered. And when empty, they nest together like coffee cups. Right. So you have to think about, this is caught in wild Alaska. So a lot of these places where they do the canning of these things are really, really far away uh, from civilization. Uh, uh, if you have a barge yeah. and you have it full of normal cans, yeah. the amount of area that Fill it up takes... The room, yes. It's like what Apple worked out, I guess, when they were doing the packaging for phones and stuff I like that. I wonder why, then, they don't make that sort of can... 
just more regularly. Like, why can't I get my baked beans in the in your stackable cans? Because uh, a lot of the times you'll have a cannery that's there and they will be rolling the uh, sheet around the thing and it'll be made there. So that won't, that won't roll. You're dead right. So the whole reason why a salmon can is tapered is in order to conserve space when shipping the empty cans to the remote canneries in Alaska and other places. Space. Mm is an important issue, and especially in Alaska. Yes. Where um, Sarah Palin might be... No, that's got nothing to do with Sarah Palin. Especially in Alaska, where everything must be shipped in by barge. So next time you go to the supermarket and you see that uh, that tapered can, you can just think of it... Imagine it like um, when you see coffee cups. Take away coffee cups in your yes. cafe, and it's the same Stack sort em. of thing. Stack you can em. impress your checkout staffer with that amazing piece of knowledge. And it's heavy stuff. Um, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, you are tuned to three triple RFM. We could do a sting now, or I could just turn around over here and look across and say a very, very good afternoon to Mitchell Bartley. Good afternoon to you too. Hey, man, how you going? I'm going well. Um, yeah. You going well? Yes, I am. Got a pulse. You're happy. You're yeah. smiling. Got a very fast moving pulse. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's good. It's the key. You said you were very well caffeinated this yes. morning, so that might have something to do with it. But uh, let's face it, you've got well, not so much a bee in a bonnet, but it's it's more about something that's pretty fundamental uh, to a community and an area to the north of us, Preston. What's yes. going on? Well. <clears throat> On top of our uh, Preston Market, if you've been there, our Preston Market site, the, there are private developers, Salter and Medic Corporation. They are hoping on building three apartment towers there, two three-storey ones and one 14-storey one. So big. Yes, yep. very big. And uh, I'm a part of the Save Preston Market campaign. Uh, we're a campaign that seeks to preserve our market, uh, what is good about it, and to develop it in a way that uh, the community desires. So there's benefit for community and amenity for the area? Yes. To paraphrase. Um, yeah. Yes. Well, uh, when, when I've been campaigning on this, when I was uh, informing people of what was going on and giving them the opportunity to object, most people were on board, but the few people who did uh, who were unsure were cited that there are 30,000 people coming to Preston within the coming decades. Uh, and Decade or decades? Uh, two decades, yeah. Two decades. Yeah, uh, okay. 30,000 people in 20 years. Yeah, okay. it'd be about that. Mm-hmm. And that, that's what's forecast. And we need places to put them. Yep. And I say increasing population isn't just about uh, having places to put people. If you're going to have more people, if you're going to have 30,000 more people, you need more small business. You need more fresh produce. You need more ways for new minority groups to be able to share their culture with the broader community. You need more public spaces to be able to foster that community. And Preston Market does all of these things for its surrounding area, for Darabin City. Mm. And uh, so it is the most ridiculous place to, to start. We, we need to be talking about how to make Preston Market bigger, not smaller. Yes. Not how much we can restrict it mm. in the coming decades. How, how, we need to be talking about how can we make it more accessible with more bike racks, more car parking, more public transport access. So tell us, um, the market itself, is the market itself, um, the the shop floor space that's around there, is that under threat? Um, well, currently it's uh, it's unclear. They give us one permit at a time. So mm. we're, we're sort of... A permit for what? Information. Well, the, there's the current permit is the is mainly is mainly on the car parking spaces. They're also talking about moving the Aldi. Yes. And it, um, it's and which 
the traders are quite terrified of because they, when they saw changes to car parking recently that our campaign overturned, their customers uh, were reduced by 20%, they said. They, that was how I understand it, and that's what Because I was that's told. sort of a thing about the markets. Because you're going – I don't know, Matt, maybe you can help me out on this. But mm. if you're going to go to the market, um, most of the time you're going to want to go there by car because you are buying stuff. You're getting a few boxes of things, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And mm. you're buying – a lot of the time you're buying for a week ahead mm. to plan your meals and have stuff around – so it's hard to go to a market in public transport. Absolutely, yes. So car parking is kind of a necessity to it, it's have essential. A, a market. Uh, yeah. I mean, for, for a young sharehouser like me who lives up the road, I can get a few bags and walk up the road. But, mm. uh, you know, their mums and uh, parents will collect it for the whole week. They'll, yes. they'll, get, they'll be bulking up their car with the fresh produce and the, and the, yeah. and the chickens and whatnot. And all and all the yeah all their stuff. Mm. So, um, what do we do? I mean, what you know, it, it gets back to that whole thing. Yes, we all believe in community. We see that encroached in a lot of areas. I think fresh food is very very important, obviously, because we've been the position we've been in. Isn't that right, Matt? Yes. And what can we do? What's what's the critical path to um, maybe curtailing this or getting some sense? Well. Uh, tomorrow evening at 6 p.m. at the Town Hall at 350 Which High Town Street, Hall? Preston, uh, Preston Town, Hall. Town Hall. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the local, the new council will be deciding upon those permits. How new is new? Are these, is the council? Uh, it was the, they've had their In first the sitting meeting like last, late last year. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah they're fresh. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so they will be deciding on those permits at 6 p.m. at, uh, to 8 p.m. at 350 High Street. And I encourage everyone who's concerned about this issue to attend. Right. Uh, I also encourage you to email your councillors if you are concerned about this issue. Um, and if you are concerned about this, if you are invested in the market or you know people who are, then this, this is our responsibility as a community. You don't want to be seeing the Preston market considerably altered around and feel and regretting that you didn't do more at the time. Yeah, hang on. What about if we go to the top of the, the triangle and go to, is it the planning minister who signs off on all these things? or? Uh, well, for these permits at this stage, it's a count local issue. Yeah. Uh, further along, it, it could be taken to, v- the developers could take it to VCAT, I believe. Yes. Um, and f- further along, we don't want to be just challenging one permit at a time for the next decade. So we are going to take this to David Wynn. We are dem- we are going to be... And David Wynn is? Uh, the, oh, sorry, Richard Wynn, the planning minister. Richard Wynn is... That's okay. So um, he's the planning minister. He's the one. And if um, if word gets around to him, if the uh, agitation happens, maybe he might take notice and maybe you might get... Action from the top. Yes. Well, uh, a bit after this, we mm-hmm. will be promoting a petition to demand that uh, Richard Wynne uh, um, put, suspend all developments to the area until uh, until we can organise a structure plan determining what exactly the co- uh, developers can and can't do to the area. All right, Mitchell. And also you were saying that uh, in these days of burgeoning social media, uh, there is a Facebook page that is available too. Do you want to give details for that? Yes, there is a Facebook group called Save Our Preston Market. Mm. Uh, you can join that and you can keep updated with the latest actions of our campaign and how you can help. Brilliant. And before you go, tell us about your favourite stall or p- favourite person at the Preston Market. 
Um, I love uh, the fruit and veg grocer with uh, Maria. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know much else about her, but she's really nice to me every time. Yeah. Um, I also really uh, appreciate the eighteen dollar uh, eighteen dollar kilo coffee. Eighteen dollar kilo Hello. coffee. That's that's amazing. It's a lifesaver. That goes uh, well for, in the share house. Yeah. For for yeah for. Um, yeah, for students and hospitality workers, eighteen dollars for a kilogram of coffee is amazing. It's a praise Jesus moment. Yes, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it is. Well, see, and that's maybe that's the thing that should be just um, concentrated on. In, is that the, one of the great things about markets is not only do you get fresh food at a good price, but the, you talk to members of the community, and you're buying from members of the community. And for us here in this station. Um, I think we see that as really, really important. And Mitchell, thank you for coming in. Keep us, um, uh, keep us enlightened. Keep us in the loop, shall mm. we say, as to what's going on. And good luck with doing that. Thank you very much for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. It's twelve twenty-three here. Oh, twelve twenty-four. Those seconds just keep on ticking. Matt, back in the nineties, there was a band yes. called Porno for Pyro. I was trying to actually look up what um, year this song was from, but I, I just. My thumbs weren't quick enough. Not quick. The opposable digits in the mid to late nineties. They released this, and it goes something like this, and it's a great song here on Three Triple R FM, and it's got a little intro. There it is. Ah, the extended outro. Porno for Pyros. Nineteen ninety-three. I googled it. I yeah. thought it was newer than that. And I still think we would make great pets, wouldn't we? Yes. People looking down on us. Yeah. What are these people on about? <laughs> What's they doing to <laughs> the place? What are they doing? Look what they've done to the place, huh? <laughs> Sheesh. And, um, and here's a show that's um, is concentrated on that for many, many years. Mm. Radio Marinara, 20 years deep. 20 years of Radio Marinara live broadcast from the Baja Taco Joint and Music Bar in Rye on Sunday. March 5th, from 9 till 11 a.m. And to celebrate 20 years, mm. 20 years mm. of Radio Marinara and what years they've been, Triple R heads to the Mornington Peninsula for a special two-hour extended live broadcast. We didn't get invited. On Sunday, March 5th, <laughs> a stack of guests will join the Marinara team throughout the morning, plus live music from the one and only, the inimitable... Henry Wagons. Oh. Awesome. Breakfast burritos and coffee available. That means that you'll have to pay for it, I imagine. Come in. Come on down or tune in. Um, and that's it. So, yeah, Radio Marinara, 20 years deep. Just repeat that again. The Baja Taco Joint Music Bar and Rye. Sunday. Next Sunday, I would think. March 5th, 9 to 11. Sounds great. Sounds like fun. Sounds like fun. Get fun. on down. Capital F. Uh, in the meantime, it's time to go to the QVM. Come on. Oh, yeah, I'm doing. I'm just going to turn it on. Good morning. Are we on? Yes, we're yeah, on. Yeah, we're on. Oh, is this thing on? How are you? Uh, very, very good morning to you, John. It is a beautiful morning. It's warm, steamy again. Yes. And I'm just trying to find your photo. Really? Yeah. You're trying to find a photo? First of all, yes, it is a beautiful day. Um, it's busy. It's busy down here. Today. Yes, people have come out a little bit earlier because they've been motivated. Yeah. They've heard it's going to be a high 20s day. Yes. So they're out and about doing things, so picking a bit of this and a bit of that. And it's going to be a warm week this oh, week coming up too. A hot, hot week. Yeah. So that's why we're happy. Yeah. I'm showing you a photo, yes. Cameron, of three generations of our family making Passata together. There's Joe. Little Joe, Big Joe. Yeah, Little Joe, Big Mom, Joe. Mum, the how wife. Old's, how old's Big Joe now? Big Joe's going to be 91 in May. Whoa. 
Little Joe? Little Joe's going to be 19 in May. Well, here you go. And this is one of the things that we've talked about for years and years about cultural traditions, traditions of family. And I think as we sort of start this sort of segment, um, especially with what we were talking about uh, in the last segment, which you haven't heard and hasn't even happened yet, but uh, development of the uh, Preston market. And it's more, more and more important for people to have access to cheap, fresh food. Not so much cheap, but fresh. Mm. Fresh is the biggest thing, because we all go down to the Epping Market uh, and pick up stuff that was picked the day before, mm. even though it might have been chilled overnight. Yes. It's fresh, fresh. Yes. We have stuff delivered to the store straight from the farms. Absolutely. Can't ask for better than that. Yep. Supermarkets, they get it, they go goes to their depot. Sometimes 15 days turn around before it hits the shelf. 15 days? 15 days. Wow. And that's for fresh produce. Yeah. Things like apples, well, there you go. Oh, hey. hey say hey, no more. We're talking controlled atmosphere, and you can be eating an apple that was, well, pricked last year, pretty much. Yeah, up to 10 months, still reasonable to eat. Yeah. Anyway, something to think about. So, yeah, the sun is shining. We're having what looks like a, a little late burst of heat when an otherwise very, very mild for us here in Melbourne, a very, very mild summer. Very much so, and a lot of um, the fruit and vegetables have been running a little bit late, like the sauce tomatoes were four or five weeks late. Yeah. Uh, real grapes were probably two or three weeks late. They've just started now. We've got some lovely muscatels there. I just um, picked up a bag of um, those gorgeous sultanas. sultanas that are kissed by the sun, and they're, and they're golden-looking colour. And they beautiful. are, they are. They've been sunburnt, soaked up all the sun, soaked up all the water. Yes. And um, they're very nice little bags of sugar. Yeah, damn right they are. Um, I just spoke to Robbie. He was saying that because of this late season, stone fruit is now going to be going for at least another few weeks. Yes, I think they're probably... Uh, picked it all and put it into the cooler, oh, okay. but it'll still be special, so there's not a problem there. Yep, yep. Um, now, we've got, um, I'm just looking around, what are, what are the, the great buyers at the moment? Well, there've been no peas around because they got sunburnt, but the beans, we've mm. been getting them out of Victoria, they've been really nice, crisp, um, dark green colour, and people have jumped on them. Translucent when yes. you open them up. But not cheap like other summers, we've still been selling $10 right through summer. Okay. But people have to eat, so they buy a kilo, a half kilo, 100 grams, whatever they need. But most of the time when I have beans, you just need a little handful for people. You don't need to buy a lot of them. Well, that's right. People come and say, oh, I'm having a dinner party. I say, well, at the most, you need 100 grams each because you've got so much other stuff on the plate. Agreed. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, now, we've got, uh, let's see, what, what else is happening? I'm seeing that cherries are still happening. Yes, uh, Which still is kind of good. I and haven't had any this week, but I've, I must have some. And uh, I don't know if you know it, but uh, I'm the king of the picklers. No, I'm not. I've had a go. And um, I got some gherkins off you last week, which was awesome. And um, it was so much fun to do and so easy to do that I've been delighted that you've got more of these. And uh, I'm going to do some more. Can you describe what we've got in front of us? Well, this goes back to doing things traditional way. This is... um Half the size of a normal Lebanese cucumber, yep. about five centimetres long, a lot of knobby skin. Not an attractive thing. Not an attractive thing, but no. not always. Uh, the ugly ones are always better. Yeah. Um, now, Got more character. When, when they're fresh, fresh, you can eat them raw. They're yes. very, very nice. When they're older or late in the season, they can become very bitter. Um, so early in the season, everybody has a feed in the salads, yeah. and they buy the baby ones. The smaller, the better. 
uh, and they get pickled. Now, there's so many ways to do it. You can do it the Jewish way where you put them in a jar with a few herbs and spices and a bit of bread on top. Unsliced? Uh, unsliced. Yes. And um, the bread um, makes um, everything uh, like vinegar, instead of using vinegar. And then you can do it a different way. You can warm your water and vinegar and pour it into the jar with salt and all the, your seeds and spices that you bit, want to do. A bit of dill, maybe a little bit of mustard seed. Or a seed, big dill. A bit of allspice if, you, if you're Ukrainian or, you know, around yeah, that area. Yeah, I'm, I'm not wrapped in all spices because I reckon some depends on what it is. One spice can come out stronger than the other. Yeah. So it's better if you put your own spices in. Yes. Um, but it's very easy. You do yeah. to, for your brine. You do half water, half vinegar, um, a bit of salt. I probably put too much salt in the first one that I did, um, mm. and then the flavourings. As we were speaking, warm that up, pour that over in a sterilised jar. Make yes. sure your jars are sterilised. Whack them in the fridge, and uh, and they're awesome. So anyway, have a think about that. I also did. And it reminded me of my mum. It was beautiful. I made some pickled mushrooms. Oh, beautiful. And I did use some allspice in there because that was... My mum was Ukrainian, and, and that's what she did. And it was, don't it was don't we always thing. say that it's beautiful when you've got fresh food and it evokes memories. Oh, What incredible. else can you have better no, than that? Nothing better. And I, I don't know, we've been only speaking about that for about three decades here. Yeah, uh, well, that's the beauty of a food because, yeah. you know, if we don't have good food, why do we work so we enjoy our food? Mm. Now, um, look, I know that you're pretty pumped and, and busy today, so maybe we might move on to the pick of the market. Oh, pick of the market's definitely not cauliflowers because uh, we were selling them $8 on Thursday. Whoa, 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 what's happened? $8, <laughs> $8 for cauliflower? Why? Why? Because apparently um, New South Wales has got none, so a lot of our collies went up there. Did they get fried? They must have. Yeah. And uh, what we've got down here is very ordinary as well, so there's not much around. No, cauliflower's so, off. Cauliflower, yeah, but they've been buying them. You know, my son said to me, why is it that when they were two dollars we couldn't sell them, and now that they're eight dollars and there's cauliflowers in the market, it's not there's nothing around. People are still buying them. Remember when so bananas when, went and yeah, everybody yeah. was hanging out? The I, bananas were I, I, fifteen. Fifteen. I was selling double a quantity, believe it or not. Yeah, yeah. And again, like I said, it's not as if that there weren't bananas in the market or that there wasn't an alternative. Mm. I don't know. Maybe Human it became nature. a status symbol. Maybe. Hey, I've got Maybe. a banana. Maybe. Check this out. Do you want yeah. to see my banana? No, stop it. Don't. Stop it, <laughs> yeah, John. Stop. Yeah, stop. Come on. All right. What else is good? Tomatoes. Tomatoes. I've got three varieties of black Russians. Yeah. We've got our Doncaster tomatoes. We've got these heirlooms. That This is a rouge de marmalade, not a rouge de marmont. Not yeah. so many wrinkles. Yeah. Uh, like a beefsteak when you cut it in half. Yes. A lot of colour, a lot of flavour. People are having salads every day. Mm. So everyone's happy. Yes. Cabbages, they're getting into the coleslaw again, so they're buying carrots and mm. stuff like that, so yep. everyone's happy. It's all good. I think that's about it. Uh, fruit, avocados. plenty of fruit. fruit. Uh, are there uh, many avocados around? A lot of hard ones, so you've got to take them home and ripen them, so uh, be careful what you buy. Put them, put them with a banana? Or in a paper bag. Yeah, okay. Or even in a rice bowl. The Chinese put them in the rice. Really? Yeah. That's what you do with your phone if you spill water on it. <laughs> well, that's a like modern, Matt, Matt modern, that. modern, <laughs> yeah. modern version of old remedies. Yeah, yeah? Okay. stick your phone in the rice. In the that's rice. a good one. Yeah, well, it does. If you ever, put, if you haven't got a waterproof phone, which there seem to be more and more, you can do it. Um, that might be about it. Get into these Victorian grapes. Muscatels have got a seed, yeah. but they have bags of sugar as well. Yes, they're eight dollars. They'll come down to about five in a week or two. Yeah. And then you've got natural size sultanas, they're four fifty today. Mm. They'll come down probably to three to four dollars. 
And don't forget, they're all hand harvested, so that's why they're expensive. Yep. And not expensive, really, because not if you really. go buy an avo for five bucks, yeah. you know, what are you going to get? Seven you, or eight spoons of avo? You go to a, you go to a um, supermarket and you see salad onions, three for five bucks. That's right. Crazy. But um, I remember, you've told me this a couple of years ago, and I've been doing it ever since. I've been telling everybody, just about everybody I meet. Well, maybe that's not true. But roast chicken, throw in those grapes. Definitely. Sort of 30 minutes before you serve. Oh, my God, that's so good. And even if you make a, a bread stuffing with, um, well, not everyone will eat chicken hearts and livers and that, but Mum makes um, a mixture with a, the hearts and livers and the breadcrumbs and olives, and you put the sultanas or muscatels in it. Yeah. And it, all the, uh, it dries up. It's not a soft... Um, oh, really? Stuffing, yeah. it goes very firm. Yeah. And if you do bone a chicken, you slice it like a ham. Oh my god, that sounds so good. It is good. beautiful. Yeah, that does sound really, really, really nice. And you know something that I've been hearing is a thing nowadays: dill pickles cut into pieces, crumbed with panko breadcrumbs, deep fried, and then used in your dip. So it in blanched later. first or not? Uh, yeah. No, they're pickled. They're pickled. They're pickled. Pickle. You take the pickle. I've got to try it. And then you deep fry it in panko breadcrumbs. I'll try it. And it's a thing. And you have it with like Jap mayonnaise oh, or chipotle mayonnaise. All right. Oh. I can do all of that. Sounds pretty good. Sounds very good. All right. Well, look, I'm going to leave you to the sunshine. John, thank you for your time. Uh, we're going to get out of here. Matt's got pastries. What do you got, buddy? Uh, I'm a croissant and a pan of chocolate. Oh, we're going to be eating know. well in the studio today. You are. Enjoy. Right. Now I'm going to give you the bad news. What's the bad news? Well, you know I'm going to finish up Oh, week. this is it. Oh, my yeah. God. We're having this conversation. I'm having my shoulders reconstructed. Oh, Jesus. So yes. my store may be closed from four to six months. So this might be the last time we talk. Bad news. That's a bombshell. Yeah. But when, I've got to get it when, done. When? On the 8th of March, I'll be in hospital in Brighton. Yes. So they'll repair one, and hopefully that'll work, and then we'll do the other one. So this could be our last market report for a while. I think so. Well, John, I think on behalf of all of us... Well, maybe for this year, because I'm hoping to come back to work. But all we can say is, and I think I speak for for Matt and myself, to say we wish you a very, very successful operation and a very, very speedy recovery, and we look forward to seeing you um, lifting up giant bags of things very, very soon. So do I. Thank Uh, you. Seriously, uh, all the best, John. Thank you, and uh, it's been a pleasure doing that. The uh, talks about the food because that's what we love. Wow. Okay. Well, look, on that bombshell, I think it's time to go back to the studio. Enjoy the day. See you. Bye. Dan, we're back in the studio. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) You know, there it is. No, we knew this this was coming. No, we did. But I wasn't actually sure, and I didn't want to really bring it up because that was for him to do. So, anyway, John's been uh, a horny handed son of toil. Yes, say. and um, he's been lifting stuff for a very, very long time, and that the body can't take those things for a long time. So anyway, John's going to get some uh, some remedial surgery, I suppose is the yep. way we'll to put it. And we hope to see him back at Tomato City, hopefully by the end of the year, very soon. March, yeah, he's going in. So this is yeah, that's probably the last market report we're going to have. So. Uh, what do you think, folks? Let's uh, send him some good wishes yes. to a speedy recovery. It's 12.41 here on 3 Triple RFM. We're going to play some sponsorship announcements. We're going to go into a little song. And then Gerardo Lopez is waiting in the green room to talk about all things Mexican. And his mastermind subject is tortilla. Yeah, we just said that. Yeah. you got to go down a riot.
next and, week and do it. So it's good. it's great. Um, there could be tacos down there. <laughs> Maybe the tortillas will come from La Tortilla, and uh, by happy coincidence. <laughs> Gerardo Lopez is just uh, opposite me. A very, very good afternoon. Thanks for coming in. Oh, thank you for inviting us. It's um, it's good to see you. It's been a couple footy seasons since we've talked. It is. Much has happened. Uh, awards have been given. So maybe the first thing we might start off with is uh, maybe you getting out the brag sheet and going, hey, check this out. Look what we did. And where is it? There it is. Delicious Produce Awards 2016 trophy winner. So we did... We went through a lot of work of um, applying for the for the war. Um, we there wasn't a category for tortilla. Yes, it's a bakery product. Oh, um, really? So we went into the into the uh, not necessarily the bakery product, but it was you know how the delicious awards has three different categories, and one of them is earth. So we went into earth. Um, we won the the state. Um, uh, we won the finalists for for a state. Then we went into the national um, uh, awards. Awards, yeah, and. We got the Ascending Innovation Award mm. uh, because this is a product that is unique. We are pioneers in, in Nixtamal, yes. which is the real way of making tortillas in Australia. Say that again because that's important. Nixtamal. What does that mean? Nixtamal is a way of um, processing the corn or making the corn um, softer by adding lime solution, yes. which is limestone basically, yes. added to the corn and then um, cooking it, soaking the corn overnight, and then the next day – we stone grind it into the tortillas. So this is sort of to do two things. Traditionally, the the idea of adding lye or lime to the to the corn or the maize is uh, one gets rid of the skin off the off the maize, yeah. And but two, and more importantly, is it releases more nutrition from the corn. So if you don't do this, it's uh, well, you're in, a, eating pretty empty food, aren't you? If you don't, if you do, what what research has found is that when nixtamal is not present, you end up with a um, nutritionally deficient um, corn. Mm. You can still do the dough, you can still do the flour, mm. but it doesn't necessarily have all the nutrients, which is mainly in the in the in the way of vitamin B and amino acids. Yes. Amino acids are very important. Oh, so amino fix, acids too to, to fix to fix protein into the body. Yes, um, so. That is very important. One of the things that you mentioned about the the um, the skin of the corn detaching, mm. it does happen with the process, but we keep that skin within uh, our tortillas because that skin is full of uh, dietary fiber, which so is safe. very important. Oh, yeah, that, that, that kind of makes sense. That's why they also say that about potatoes. So it is 12.51, let's call it that. Uh, we are speaking to Gerardo Lopez, who is the patron of La Tortoria in uh, in Kensington. What's the street again? Stubb Street. Stubb Street. Um, great place to come and have something to eat. You've moved the factory out of there now, though, haven't you? Correct. Because so there was. When we when we came down there a couple of years ago, yeah, we were sort of like, there's the restaurant there, and then next door is this stuff going on. We used to have this very small space where we were making the tortillas right in mm. front of people, and that was one that of was kind of cool. That was a cool. That was yeah. a cool factor of, of, of the of the restaurant. We couldn't keep up with the orders. Everybody wanted the product. Um, we had orders from most of the Mexican restaurants in, mm. in Melbourne and across Australia. Wanted the product. We couldn't cu- keep up with the production, so we decided. Nice to, problem. Nice problem to yeah. have. Yeah. yeah. Good one. <laughs> so we decided to open a, a large manufacturing facility in Deer Park. Mm. Um, and that's what we now manufacture. And we obviously need to control better um, the quality of the product because um, we wanted to get into not only um, restaurants, but we wanted to take it to every home. 
and mm. that's what we do now. We we have. Um, God, listen to you. You sound ambitious. Every home should have <laughs> every home in Australia. Every in Australia. We, we wanted every Australia to have an opportunity to take to taste a good tortilla. Yeah. And so we open a, a large factory where we can control a lot of the um, uh, variables in the production of, of food, and be able to package the product and take a tortilla that is preservative free, additive free, basically just corn and, and salt take it to a shelf life that is enough to take it across Australia. And that's one of the reasons why we won that award, the innovation, mm. uh, Outstanding Innovation Award, because what we have done with this tortilla is something very unique in the world to take the tortilla to to um, to a very substantial uh, shelf life. Really? Okay. So so how long in, in the packet, how long will this thing last? Normally, a tortilla will last anywhere between um, six to seven weeks. Yes. Um, it's obviously transit time and all that stuff. But normally normally we have six to... to oh, it's uh, not to that seven. long. Oh, that's it. 23rd of April, 17. Good. Because I've had some of the spooky ones with um, a yellow packaging, shall we say. <laughs> and, and I remember having these flour tortillas in there, which I sort of avoided. They were in my pantry for like... And they were in there for maybe four years. And I remember every now and then I'd sort of take them out and look at them and go... God, you haven't changed at all. Just, uh, and and that frightened me. You know, it was sort of like, oh, I'm uh, I'm keeping you. I'm not throwing you out, but I've just kept looking at it, and I, I think I've kept it for about five years, and they didn't change. And some of the great feedback that we have getting from our customers is that they, after two weeks, because once you open the package, you only have about a week in yes. the fridge. Um, so after two weeks, they start growing mold, and they're like, instead of coming to us saying, you know, this it's, is bad. It's, it's, a, ter- it's a terrible product. It's yeah. like, no, this is a real product. It yeah. actually grows mold. That's good. Yeah, it's real food. It, re- it really, really is. Now, um, tortilla. It's, 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 okay. Let's think about Europe and we think about, um, um, we think about Italy and there's this great tradition of using durum wheat, mm-hmm. grinding it up, making a paste out of that, and we dry that and we make pasta. And this is the thing that has underlined that civilization, let's face it, for the, in Central America and Mexico, the corn is was available, and this is the thing that has has done this. So these these have been made. These tortillas, this this thing that you have brought over to us in this country, has a, a, a pedigree of thousands of years. Does it not? We 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 think that is about eight thousand years from from the time what? that corn was first domesticated, and then oh, okay. we're talking about four thousand years. Bring it back, dial it back. Sorry, four thousand years. Yes, since Nixtamal exists. Four thousand. I can still do it. Four thousand. <laughs> back off. As a, as a way of making tortillas, I just came. Mm. Back, I just came back from Mexico. Yes, and I'm very happy to report that in Mexico we heading back to this traditional way of making tortillas. Mm. For a long time, we had. Um, corn uh, flour, highly processed corn flour, yeah. that it was the basis to make tortillas and a lot of the products in Mexico. But that's changed. And a lot of uh, Mexicans now, they're going back to this, mm. what is the, the core of our food, which is... Back to the madre. Real corn. See, the mother? Back the to the mother. Yeah. 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 Um, real corn, real, uh, real ingredients. Mm. That's what Mexican food is about. It's fresh, it's healthy. It's nothing like what we normally used to, you know. Or what we were, what Australians were brought up on, which was um, Taco Bill, which was one of the only jobs that I've ever walked out on. That's another story. Um, and and the yellow-topped um, things that we have. But, okay, so if we get tortillas, we've only got about four minutes. Can you just maybe talk us through 
what are the things to do with a tortilla? And what are the things to put into a tortilla? I'm asking you to do the Julie Andrews, as I like to talk. <laughs> These are a few of my favorite things. Tell us about what are the favorite things that you like to put into a tortilla. What are your favorite sort of taco? Or, you know? Definitely. Um, well, tacos is obviously the first thing that you will think of as, as a filling for a tortilla. Because it's the tortilla that's been warmed up, folded over Correct. for a container. And, and there needs to be, it needs to be reheated properly to, to get the softness of the tortilla, but we have included instructions on, on the tortillas on how to do that, because mm-hmm. that's very important. But um, when it comes to tacos, I think, to me, the fish taco today, it is my favorite. And I'm not talking a batter a fish, I'm talking a grilled fish with a lot of flavor coming from the fish and all the spices on it, the lime, you know, habanero chili being <laughs> so good and, <laughs> and so spicy and just... Yeah. You know, punching, Boom. punching He's that. doing the fist thing. Yeah. <laughs> wow, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so. Limes are important though. Lime is very important to yes. Mexican cuisine. Yeah. Yes, it is. It is. Heat is important. Coriander is too. Even coriander. Though, even though coriander is not from, originally from Mexico, yeah. it, ha- it has been adopted as part of our, yes. um, ingredients, base ingredients to Mexican food. So that's, that's very important. The other thing that, that, we do a lot and I do a lot at home is quesadillas. You know, just grabbing a tortilla, put a little cheese, Mm. Pull it in or put another tortilla on top. And then whatever fillings you like. Mm-hmm. Mushroom, um, you know. Uh, Hot avocado, he said inquisitively, looking with a, a, that, a, a bit of a look. I, I like avocado fresh. I don't like it hot. Boom! <laughs> Thank you. Vindication. I agree. <laughs> what about you, Matt? Where do you stand on the hot no, avocado thing? Very much the same. We were okay, talking cool. earlier about hot fruit, and yeah, no. No, okay, good. No, no, yep. keep, keep it the way that, is, yeah. that it was meant to be, you know. Yes. Um, um, other things that, that we do with tortillas is um, we do something similar to uh, the lasagna, but instead wow, of yeah. ins- instead of using pasta, we use tortillas. Yeah. And then we, we put our chicken, we put salsa, we put um, beans, um, and then another layer of tortillas, boom. and then boom, 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 all the way to the top with cheese. And then on the top, um, just more cheese and just put it in the oven. And it's very similar. Um, a little bit spicier, um, but the beauty is gluten-free. You know, mm. we don't have any gluten in in the tortilla, so people really, really getting into that. Other option is making pizzas. You know, using the tortilla as a base for a pizza, putting it in the oven, it, it's going to crisp up, and mm. then to put all the ingredients on top. We normally in Mexico instead of using tomato base, we use um, um, black beans as a base. Yeah, right. And then whatever else you want on top, cheese, bring it out. And the other thing that's great with the tortillas that. Um, Ah, oh, might be a little bit old in the thing. You can crisp them up, and uh, I remember one of the nicest things was this um, chicken soup with a lot of cumin and, mm. and coriander and a bit of heat, but with the the crushed up tortillas in the top, just yeah. to give it a little bit of crunch, and that is awesome. That is beautiful. Now, very quickly, how do we warm up a tortilla successfully? Dry frying pan? A dry. We don't use any oil. Yeah, um, no, so, no oil. So dry um, fry pan, ten seconds on each side, and they're mm. ready. The next thing to do with them is to put it in a tea towel. The tea That's towel it. is going to we'll keep, keep it. Yeah. the steam of the tortillas. And the yep. more tortillas you put in there, you're creating a steam chamber, and mm. it's going to keep it very, very warm and very nice. And if you've got a big sandwich maker, you can put it in oh, there. The sandwich, that was I, I reckon the, the sandwich press is the best invention that I've seen Fantastic. In well, uh, Gerardo, you can see that uh, uh, La Tortilla tortillas are around. They, they rock, and um, just make sure you get lots of limes to go with it, and, uh, and a lot of beer. Helps too, I think, uh, which is good. Thanks for coming in, man. Thanks for inviting us. Nice to see you. 12.59, a couple of seconds to go.
Um, what do we got coming up? Well, it's um, it's a little bit sad because uh, Jess and Marita are doing the last of their shows. The last of their Sunday lunch series for February. And uh, we're talking about Melbourne boundaries, but we were also talking as they were leaving that maybe we'll get to chat to them at some stage. Yeah. They might come back and join us on the show. So stay tuned because it's uh, it's good listening. Boundaries, which is great. Gerardo, thank you again for coming in. Gracias. Hey, it's okay. Uh, Matt. We will see you next week. Rock. Yes. Good on you, dude. And uh, to you people listening out there, it's all good. And I bang my Alaskan salmon can and say it's time to go. <laughs> this has been a podcast from Free Triple R, 102.7 FM in Melbourne. Truly independent community radio. Want to hear more? Check out our website at rrr.org.au.